Come on, let's give it up for our choir. They came to play today. Check. Check. Come on, put your hands together for just a moment. Let's give it up for our musicians as well. Let's thank God for them. Y'all came to play too. Last weekend, our choir did just that over at Heritage High School. They blew the roof off the place for the Black History event. And we're so blessed to have so much talent here at our church, gifts and talents. Uh, and we just, I wanna take a moment to give everybody a part of the program today. A big clap off and a praise on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, let's give all of them big, a big thanks. Amen. We want to go ahead and move forward with our anniversaries for those who are celebrating a wedding anniversary in the month of March. Uh, would you please stand? Wedding anniversary in the month of March. We want to celebrate you. All couples celebrating a wedding anniversary. Amen. Anybody else in the room? If you are online, would you also drop in the chat uh, that you are celebrating a wedding anniversary? Now, uh, the Vow Keepers Ministry, I believe, right after uh, service is over, for those who are celebrating a wedding anniversary in January, February, or March, right after the service is over, they're doing a reception for all uh, couples who are celebrating anniversaries in the first quarter, January, February, and March, right across the hall once service is over okay let's pray for them so in the name of Jesus we thank you God for these that are standing and we just pray God that you would continue to bless their union keep them Lord another year and we thank you for it now in Jesus name somebody say amen let's give them another clap off and a praise amen want to also give a shout out to the uh, brother Kevin Averett. Brother Kevin Averett is with us in the room. Can he stand up, please? He completed the right hand of fellowship, and now he is officially a member of Ivy with us. So is brother Kevin in the room today? Okay, he must be watching online. Let's give brother Kevin a hand, please, also. Got a new cousin in Jesus' name. And then last but not least, I'm going to ask Lady Swan to stand up, please. Lady Swan, stand up, please. Yeah, Lady Swan, hang on. Go ahead. Just, just turn around and face the congregation, Lady Swan. March is, March is Women's History Month. And um, I want to tell you all something that Lady Swan has been doing that uh, just was completed on yesterday. So um, she works at Northrop Grumman. She's been working there over 10 years uh, as an engineer. And on yesterday, um, she completed a very grueling process where now Lady Swan is the first ever African-American female systems engineer that is certified in her department. 
So come on, y'all. Let's give God a big clap offering of praise. The first ever African-American woman certified systems engineer in her department. We're proud of you, babe. We're proud of you. We love you. You did a lot of work people don't even know about or recognize. You are still here doing ministry. But I want to say this publicly, and I know next week is the anniversary, but I want to say it now. So you had opportunities in your career to move forward before now. But you paused that for me. You paused that so I could be here to do what I do here and to make sure that the family and our kids and our home was taken care of. So I want to tell you in front of everybody that I love you. I'm proud of you. And I appreciate you. And now, now that the kids are out the house and you've done your part there, you can now go back to pursuing your professional career. And I'm just as proud of you as I can be. Love you, babe. Congratulations. All right. She bad, y'all. She got papers on her. She's certified. Systems engineer. All right, Sister Carol Ellison, I'm going to ask her to come up on the stage. Also, Sister Carol, um, I'm, I'm doing something a tad bit different today, and I'm going to ask Sister Carol to come and join me. Um, last year, at the end of last year, you all remember that I preached on spiritual gifts and talking about the launch and what spiritual gifts may look like here. And one of the gifts that uh, we had mentioned was the gift of prophecy. And the gift of prophecy, for those who don't remember, is not just people predicting the future, but prophecy is also getting people to return back to God. And it is also speaking things that God downloads instantly into somebody's space. So it's different than a sermon, where a sermon is I, I sit, I prepare, I trust God, but a prophecy or prophets, a prophecy is one where in the moment, in real time, God downloads a message for the people. And so um, Sister Carol has approached me during that time of last year. We've been in prayer, and she definitely has the gift of prophecy. And so this will be the first time in my tenure um, that a person from Ivy will have an opportunity to give us a prophetic moment. And I want to do this as a teaching lesson because sometimes for those who have come from different places, you may or may not have seen how prophets work. Now to keep in mind, there's the gift of prophecy and then there's the office of the prophet. She does not have the office of the prophet because we haven't established that yet here at the church. But she does have the gift of prophecy. And she shared some things with me in private. And so I'm giving her space for just a moment to share what the Lord has given to her for us as a congregation. And in honor of Women's History Month, the first person to ever do this here is a woman of God. And so we thank God for that. So come on over here, Sister Carol. Y'all give Sister Carol a big clap off and the praise as she comes and shares. Good morning, Ivy. First, I want to thank um, Pastor Swan for giving me this space to share what God has laid on my heart um, last year. Um, as you all know, um, I'm a part of the intercessory team, and intercession is 
a passion that God has laid on my heart. And last year, God spoke concerning Ivy collectively was the pandemic, in a sense, lulled us to sleep. Um, not because, you know, we were um, just gone astray, but because of the the reality that we were in we we couldn't fellowship together we didn't we couldn't come collectively into the house and so when pastor had his sabbatical and he came back and the word of the lord was get up off of that thing and because pastor has a vision for us collectively not just individually or not just the praise team or the pastor or whoever is on the pulpit, but because we have collectively come into the house and made it a house of prayer, we have applied pressure in prayer. We have applied pressure with our praise. God is answering by fire. God is answering by fire. And he wanted me to share with you that the breaker is here. He has come to not just because we're being transparent, because we are being open and exposed, um, exposing God to our sin, not being ashamed to, to admit that we fall short and that we have shortcomings that we want God to, to deal with because we're willing to lay ourselves prostrate before God collectively. God is sending a breaker's anointing. And what that anointing has come to do is not just deal with us in our present moment, but it's coming to break and cleanse the pipeline. It's coming to, it's coming to cleanse our children and our children's children. Children. It's coming to break the to the trajectory of our our seeds, and so God is coming to cleanse not just us, but those who are coming behind us. And so what we do now affects our tomorrow. We see in the community where there is a breakdown of our youth, where they don't know how to uh, communicate with each other. They're using weapons as their form of communication. And it's because um, those that were before them did not teach them the right way. So we have a responsibility that we live our lives wholly before him. And guess what? When we do it, we save those that come behind us. So I thank you, Pastor, for this moment. I, I celebrate what God is doing in, in, this, in this season because revival is not just for a moment. Revival is not just for a season. We, we, we're pressing in prayer that revival will remain. Amen? Amen. Now receive what she said. The breaker is here, which means that sin has left some broken spaces and broken relationships and things need to be repaired. And what she said was, is that when we get into the space of where we need to be, whatever has been broken, God will repair that not only in our generation, but in our children 
and then our children's children. And it's going to start, it's going to start with us. We can't look at the kids and just simply say that it's the kids' fault. It's going to start with us. And so in this 40 days, thank you, Sister Carol, for that. Because in this 40 days, that's exactly what the Lord has given to us to do. Is in this 40 days to examine ourselves, to really look at ourselves and not look at anybody else first. But it starts with me. Psalm 139, search my heart. Test my thoughts. See in me. And if there's anything in me that is not of you, God, get rid of it. That's the goal for the 40 days. Put that first slide on the screen for me, Bill. So, so I want to make sure y'all understand that in line with what Sister Carol just gave us, there are, there are three words for this 40 days that I want to make sure you understand. The first word is effort. Somebody say effort. Effort is the one thing that I cannot give to you. We can sing you happy. The musicians can sing you happy, but we can't give you effort. You have to bring that to the table. Consistency is the next thing. We can't do that for you either. Where you are consistent in prayer during this time, consistent in fasting during this time, consistent in your Bible reading during this time, and whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you, your prayer time, whatever it is, the fasting, whatever that is, you stick with it. And then the last one is expectancy, where we really are trusting God when we come together. It is not just we're here just to sing and shout and dance and clap and hug on a few folks. No, I'm here because I really believe God's going to do something today. And that's what we have to come with with the 40 days. That's in line with what Sister Carol just prophesied. And the next slide, Bill, go to that one, is in your prayer time, I want you to understand how you should be praying. You should be praying for clarity. This is what the Lord has given me for the house. There, there are people who need clarity in their life. They need clarity on what God is asking you to do. Clarity for your family. What's my next move going to be? My next job or whatever the case might be. There's a focus that I'm asking you to pray for in your prayer time. That God really reel you in and not be in the distractions of the spaces, but, but you really are focused in on really seeking the Lord during these 40 days. And the last word and the most important one is root causes. Now, root causes are the things that really are driving our thoughts and our behavior. You see, many times we'll come to church and we'll pray for God to remove something and all we're doing is skimming the top. But if you don't get with that root, you'll skim the top and the top will be down for a week or two, but guess what's going to happen? It's going to come right back. What we're asking for in the 40 days that aligns with what Sister Carol just said, the breaker, we want to break whatever that is, that root cause that causes me to snap, that root cause that gets me off guard so easily, the root cause that causes me to mishandle money so much, the root cause that keeps me constantly in bad relationship after bad relationship over and over. What is the root cause behind that so that we don't skim off the top? And so I want to thank Sister Carol um, for that confirmation today. Let's give her another big clap off and the praise.
We certainly bless God for her. Now, let's all stand, please. Let's all stand. We've been sitting for a while. Now, listen, we, we, um, for those of you who don't know, we just changed or altered our COVID mask policy. We're starting today because it's springtime and because of more access to vaccines and medicines um, that now we're making the mask optional. Um, and so before we go into fellowshipping, I want everybody to understand that there are some people who are still not comfortable just yet being in spaces where people don't have a mask on. So when we do this fellowship time, before you just dive in and want to hug somebody, <laughs> let's be sensitive to the fact that there might be some who still need to get used to the fact that they are around more people without a mask on. So maybe you ask them first. So when I say let's show love to each other today, showing love might be a handshake. It might be a high five. It may be just a, just a pound. I got you, dog. Let's make sure that people are comfortable in the space as we are transitioning to a mask-optional environment. All right? Let's go ahead and show some love to people in Jesus' name. Ten seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Everybody stand, please. In all the excitement of church, the trustees looking at me like, Pastor, you didn't, you didn't raise the offering. So let me, let me pause for just a second to make sure that uh, people understand how we give here at the church. If you're visiting with us, um, we don't pass around a plate. We don't do all of that stuff. The ways of giving are on the screen. You can give electronically. That's the preferred way to do it. Uh, but if you have cash or check, you can raise your hand. You need an envelope for that. One of our ushers will come by and hand you an envelope. You put your cash or check offering in the envelope, fill it out completely. 
there's some bins on the back wall that you can drop your offering off at any point during the service. So thank you again for that. Having said that, turn your Bible, please, to Matthew chapter 5. Then I also want you to tag Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 5, verse 1. Matthew 18, starting at verse 23. Matthew 5, 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. We'll stop right there. You may be seated. Tag your neighbor, please, and say, neighbor, I'm full of it. At the end, we're going to find out what you're full of. <laughs> but you're full of it. <laughs> Father, if you now would please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are my strength and my redeemer. All of God's people said, amen. I want to go over to Matthew 18. I want to read this real quick. It's an extended teaching, but I want to read it now so that when I start, I can just keep going. Matthew 18, 23 to 35. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him since he was not able to pay. The master ordered that he and his wife and his children, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me. The fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. I'll stop right there. Come back to that later. I'm full of it. We're in this series on the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes is what Jesus opens up with in his understanding and teaching the disciples and the crowd of what the kingdom is and what people who belong to the kingdom how they should think, how they should act, how they should live. As a quick review, for those of you who may not have been here, this is today will be the fifth of the Beatitudes. And the Beatitude is for happiness. Each one of them starts with blessed is or blessed are. So the first one builds, and all of them build off of each other. So the second one builds off the first, third one builds off the, the first two, etc. 
So Matthew 5 and 3, Jesus starts with this one, and this is where we all are. This is how it starts. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit means my inner workings, not capital S, Holy Spirit, but poor in spirit meaning me. When I get to the place is what Jesus says. Happy is the person that gets to the place where they begin to understand that in our humanity, we're not big enough, smart enough, got enough money, wise enough to fix every single thing that comes our way on our own. Blessed is the one who comes to the space in their life where they realize that they can't do life without God. And he says, when you come to that place and then you give your life to Christ, he gives you access to the kingdom. So the first step of this is to realize what I can and cannot do as a human being. And then also realizing what God can and can't do with me being walking with him. So when I get to the place where I'm no longer trying to be arrogant and prideful, where I get to the place where I say, God, I just give it to you. He then gives you the kingdom. And everything that you need is in the kingdom. I know you're chasing money, but peace is in the kingdom. Joy is in the kingdom. Love is in the kingdom. So it all starts here with the realization of what I can and what I cannot do, and what I can't do, I need to give it over to God. I'm poor in spirit. Second one is, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, this is the response to my realization. I'm not as big and bad, smart as I thought I would. I need God. But in my realization, I also come to terms with how devastating sin is. You see, sin blocks our fellowship with God. Sin robs us of our relationship with God. We don't lose salvation for those who are saved, but we do lose the joy of it. We do lose the peace of it, and we see in our society that what is robbing our communities is really sin. And so the response to sin after I come to terms with myself is that I ought to be brokenhearted over what I see sin doing. Sin is breaking up our families. Sin is what's causing people to shoot each other for no cause. Sin is what's causing the inequity, inequities and challenges within our nation. It's all sin. And the response for us to be, we should mourn that. And Jesus said, when you mourn sin, you then shall be comforted because even though he knows that we've messed up, even though we know that we don't always get it right, he comforts us by, guess what, giving us another chance. And aren't you glad that we have a second chance and a third chance, God? So the response to me realizing that before I met God, I tried to do it on my own and that didn't work. My response to my life now is I should be mourning over sin. Which then leads to the next one. The next one is blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. So now the first two are my own personal reflection. I can't do this by myself. I need help. And then I look at my life and see how sin in my past has broken up a lot of things and messed up a lot of things in my life. And I'm brokenhearted over that now. So now that I've come to terms with that, now I now can react differently in how I treat you. You see, meekness 
is gentleness. It's humility. It's no sandpaper. We got some saints that got a little jagged edges. Need to get some of that sandpaper off you. Blessed are the meek. Because when I look at my own life, I can't be rough with you because I understand all the stuff I've done. So now I am gentle towards you. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now let me remind you, meekness is not weakness. You ain't going to talk to me any kind of way because I'm meek. You ain't going to do whatever you think you can do to me because I'm, I'm meek. No, I don't work that way. So I react to you differently, though, because I understand who I am and what I need. Then number four is now after I react differently, now I reset my thinking and my focus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now I hunger and thirst for God. I hunger and thirst for righteousness. I hunger and thirst to be in the right standing according to his will. That's what I desire more than anything else. As the deer panted for the waters, so my soul longs for you, O God. That's the mentality of my life. And Jesus said, for those who hunger and thirst not after things, not after fame, not after fortune, not after money, not over titles and positions, but if you hunger and thirst to be in my right standing, I will fill you. And I'll fill you with the good things. The things that allow you to live life as you are supposed to be able to live. So those were the first four. And now we get into today, blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown or obtain mercy. Hmm. So if we take the last one, the last one is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well, what does it mean to be in the right standing with God? What does it mean to be righteous? Micah chapter 6 verse 8 gives us the answer. There are three things in that verse. It says that we are to do justice meaning we treat everybody fairly. We are to love mercy. And we are to walk humbly with our God. We are to love mercy. Hmm. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Notice he did not say blessed are those who exercise mercy. He said blessed are the merciful. Now, that's a suffix there that's full. In English class, you know full suffix means that it is something of complete substance for the thing that's in front of it. God is not asking you to just be merciful. He's asking you to be full of mercy. Hmm. And if you're going to be full of mercy, there are three things that you have to have in order to show mercy. And not just to show mercy, but to be full of mercy. Because if you're not full of mercy, then what you're full of? <laughs> Number one, 
If you're going to be merciful, full of mercy, you got to have love. You got to love people when they don't love you back. You got to love people when they get on your last nerve. You got to love people when they don't do what they're supposed to do. And this kind of love is not the love of the world. This is kingdom love. To be merciful means I'm going to love you and be patient with you. I'm going to be kind with you. And I know this is hard sometimes because we want to give back to the person who gave it to us. But to be full of mercy means I got to love you right. You can't be full of mercy and hate in your heart. You full of something else. To be merciful means I got to love you through your stuff. I got to love you through how you treated me. I got to love you through what you did to me. That's number one. Number two, here's the one where ain't nobody going to be shouting. You can't be full of mercy and not forgive. <laughs> to be merciful is to forgive. Hmm. See, when I was talking about love just now, everybody, yeah, pastor, yeah. But you got to be full of forgiveness. <laughs> you can't be full of mercy holding grudges. You can't be full of mercy when you still thinking about the thing that somebody did to you 10 years ago. You can't be full of mercy when you see somebody that something happened years ago and maybe there's even in church and when you see them, you go running all the other way. Full of mercy is full of love and full of forgiveness. And the last one is you got to be full of compassion. Compassion means that I have pity on, so I feel the need for somebody else. I empathize with somebody else. I'm sensitive to what somebody else is going through. I, I am not just concerned about me, but I'm also concerned about their pains and, and their struggles. And so if you just come to church and the only thing you want is for God to bless you, but you don't have any compassion for anybody else that's in here that could be going through something worse than you, then you ain't full of mercy. You full of something else. Blessed are the merciful, people who are full of love, even when people do us dirty. We are full of forgiveness. That doesn't mean we forget, but we release it so that I'm not holding it for the rest of my life. And I'm full of compassion. I have empathy, pity, concern about you. Now. Most of us would look at this and say, if we are merciful, because the text says, if we are merciful, then we are shown mercy. So one would argue that we have to show mercy first, 
so that then we can get mercy back. That's how we would look at it. But hold on. You don't show mercy first because God first showed mercy to us. Do you realize that the very reason why you're here today and for those watching online is because of the mercies of God? It's because God had to love us, God had to forgive us, and God had to be compassionate toward us for us to even come in here today to be able to come in here and sit down and give God praise. So here's how it works. When I am reminded that the mercies of God over my life it should cause me then to want to be merciful to somebody else. And as I am merciful to somebody else, it then reminds me again of the mercies that God has over my life. You see, the problem of the saints of God is that we are quick to look at what somebody else has done, but we are slow to remember what we did to God. <sighs> I just need one, one or two people, not a whole lot, because y'all ain't going to shout off of this, but you thank God for his mercies. I ain't thanking him for the car yet or the job, no, not even the boo. I thank God for the mercies because he could have had a hit out on my life. I should have been dead a long time ago, but his mercies. Come here, Jeremiah, when you was looking at all of the surroundings and lamentations and it was all of chaos and confusion around you, he, you looked up and you started shouting when everything else was burning you said morning by morning new mercies that I see which means that when I woke up this morning he had to overlook some things he gave me grace and he extended mercy he helped me in a time of need how can I come in here and not give God glory over the mercies just shouting because what I got in my pocket I'm shouting because I should be dead right now but he gave me mercy and when I think about all the times I did God dirty I messed up I didn't want to do what he had wanted me to do I was doing all the stuff and he overlooked it all Isn't that what the 40 days is about? Show me me. And after he shows you who you are, we can't do nothing but shake our head and say, Lord, I'm sorry. But I thank God that in the time when he shows us who we are, it's not it. He says, I, see, I show you who you are, but I still love you. So based on all of that, I'm in Matthew chapter 18 now. And Matthew chapter 18, Reverend E., Jesus tells a parable, and he says in verse number 23, here is what the kingdom of God is like. He's describing the kingdom to us by telling the story. And in verses 23 to 27, he tells the story. If you want to know what heaven looks like, here it is. You ready for this? If you want to know what the kingdom looks like, he says, here it is. He said there was a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and he brings up one of the servants and the servant owed the king 10,000 bags of gold y'all let that sit for a minute 10,000 bags of gold y'all know how much gold costs 10,000 bags servant is before the king the king is like, I want my money. 
not some, not half. I want my money. The servant is like, king, be patient with me. Give me a few more days. I promise you, I'll have your money. King said, well, since you ain't got it today, I'm going to put you, your wife, and your kids, and all of your possessions up for sale. Because the time has come, I want my money. The man said, please, sir, don't throw me or my family in prison. Please, sir, I promise you I will take care of it. Verse 27, the king said, I'm going to show mercy on you. I'm going to cancel your debt. I'm going to wipe you clean. You don't owe me anything. Go on about your way. 10,000 bags of gold. Man leaves the king's presence. You got to know he happy. Because he knew he didn't have 10,000 bags of gold. And he knew there was no way he was going to be able to find it. Now watch this. This is where the story gets good. In verses 28 to 32, the man who just got free to his 10,000 bags of gold debt ran into one of his boys. His boy owed him a hundred pieces of silver. He woke up on his boy, where my money? Bible says he choked him first. Where my money? The man said, be patient with me. I got you. The man said, I ain't trying to hear that. I want my money now. So what does he do? He has the man arrested, beaten, and thrown in prison and until the man is able to work off his debt. Now, first of all, y'all help me understand, how is he going to work off a debt in prison? So y'all stay with me. So the man who, who had 10000 over his head is going after the man who, who owed him 100 pieces of silver. Had the man thrown in prison and tortured until he was able to pay. Now watch this. Jesus said, when the other servants heard what this man did, they was hot as fish grease. Y'all ready for this? How are you mad at somebody that owed you a hundred pieces of silver when you had 10,000 bags of gold over your head? They called the king back. King, you ain't gonna believe what just happened? King found out. He's like, oh no. So you know what he did? He called the one who owed the 10,000 back into his presence. 
And he said, put verse 33 up, please. I want them to see it, Bill. In verse 33, he said, why didn't you show mercy? Because I showed you mercy. And you mean to tell me you did him dirty for 100 pieces of silver when you owed me 10,000? Bags, no, no, not 10,000 pieces. 10,000 bags of gold. So because that's how you roll, this is what's gonna happen to you. Guards, get him. Beat him. Torture him until he is able to pay me back. And the Lord said, this is what the kingdom is like. You mad at somebody that did a minor offense to you. You mad at what somebody did to you years ago. You mad at what somebody said to you. 100 pieces of silver. But have you seen your rap sheet? Do you know where you stand with me? And I gave you mercy. And now you want to go out here and act like you ain't had no mercy come off of you? Oh, no, we don't roll like that. Bill, put verse 35 on the screen. People need to see it. Verse 35 says, this is how my heavenly father will deal with anybody that does not forgive their brother or sister in their heart. If you can't forgive, then he ain't going to forgive. If you want to hold a grudge, then he going to hold a grudge. And you holding a grudge over a hundred pieces of silver. But you got 10,000 over your head. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom is like. If you can't forgive offenses, if you can't be merciful to somebody else, then let me go back, because I forgave you, but let me go back and remind you of who you are. You living with somebody not married. Let me remind you in a fornicated relationship. Let me remind you Stealing people's money. Let me remind you, bad attitude, but coming to the house of God. Don't let me call the roll because you can't forgive and show mercy to somebody else because you've been offended. And you want everybody to know your feelings got hurt. Walking with God is a big girl, big boy sport. You are going to get hurt. There's going to be somebody in church 
that's a believer that's going to kick you off, that's going to offend you, that's going to do something that hurts you. And if you hold on to it, that's on you. Blessed are the ones who understand how the Lord loves me, forgives me, is compassionate toward me, and then I do it to somebody else. For when I do, then he reminds me of how much he loves me. And what really gets me in this parable that Jesus told, he choked the man out over a hundred pieces of silver. Do you all understand how hot we get over minor offenses? What you so mad at? That thing was minor. You can't even focus no more. Let me call their name right now. Your whole disposition would change. I saw you earlier singing praise and worship. We exalt thee. We exalt thee. What about Pookie? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Why you had to bring him up? Bill, can you put James 2.13 up? I need them to see this. Y'all need to take a picture of this verse. I I need y'all to take a picture of James 2.13. Jesus says clearly, though, in Matthew 18.35, he says, if you don't forgive then he going to count the role against you. But look at James 2.13. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anybody who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Me loving you Forgiving you and being compassionate towards you trumps everything else. That's the big joke. So when you don't do that, scriptures say that God will judge you with no mercy. It's in your best interest. To let that person go. It's in your best interest. To not let them harbor you harboring feelings for them anymore. And I know it hurt. I know it changed for some of you the course of your life. What they did. I get it. But for your sake. Because just because they did that to you don't make you innocent. 
you got some stuff you've done too. Musicians, give me some, uh, they need some mercy music. So here's what Jesus is saying. If you ain't full of mercy, then I leave you with this. You full of something. And whatever that is, God says, I'll show you judgment with no mercy. Everybody stand, please. There's some people here today <laughs> that's been harboring, holding, withholding love, compassion, and forgiveness towards someone else. All for a hundred pieces of silver. But if you were to look at the course of your entire life, you got 10,000 over your head. We got to let some people go. If that's you, come on down. Come on down. There's no judgment here. This is not for salvation. This is for, there's some people that I got to get out of my space. There's some situations that happen that as I look at it, it was really a hundred pieces of silver. could be somebody in church could be me could be a loved one we're not going to let the, your eternal position be altered by a minor offense I'm still waiting because more of y'all I'm offended that some of y'all ain't come up here because I know some of y'all need to be up here. While they're coming, ask yourself, why are we holding on to this hundred pieces of silver? We're talking about root causes in the 40 days. What's the root cause of why I'm holding on to these 40, hundred pieces of silver? Why do I want to choke this person out over a hundred pieces of silver? When every morning God says, I release the 10,000 bags over your life. That's what we get for breathing. Morning by morning. 10,000 gone. But we want to go out and choke somebody over a hundred. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I just pray for our hearts today. Many of us stand guilty as charged. 
We have gone at people, not shown them love, not shown them compassion. We have not forgiven them. Lord, we release right now the 100 pieces of silver that's been in our heart. Some of us for years, we released the 100 pieces of silver, God. And God, anytime we are wanting to hold on to those 100 pieces, just simply show us us and remind us of the 10,000 bags of gold that we didn't have to pay back. So first of all, God, we want to thank you for forgiving us. Thank you, God, for the mercies you show us every single day. God, we admit that so often we take that for granted, God, that we act like you're supposed to do it or we just wake up every morning. We don't even consider the fact that in order for us to wake up today, you had to overlook the 10,000 bags that we did yesterday. And we just get up every morning and we just do what we do with no care or concern. But today we thank you that you showed us mercy. And because of it now, God, Put in us a merciful spirit toward other people. I speak to the hurt right now for anybody that's been offended. I speak to the wound that's been left. God, I pray that you would begin to heal that wound in the name of Jesus. An emotional wound, a mental wound, a spiritual wound, a psychological wound, God, in the name of Jesus, whatever it is, so that they can now walk in peace Here it is, God, a hundred pieces. We're not going to carry it anymore. We give it to you now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. For those who want to receive Christ today, that's the greatest act of mercy, him dying on the cross to come to you to show you how much he loves you, how much he has forgiven you, and how compassionate he is towards you. If you want to partner with us in ministry, we'll be here at the altar. Those who are watching online, if you want to join our church, text the at sign, join Ivy, send it to 81010. Or in the chat, just simply express your desire. Now, God, may your grace, your peace, and your power keep and protect us all. And this week, let us be reminded every single day that your mercies are new every single morning. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. God bless you. Love you. In Jesus' name. Have a great week, everybody. Join Vow Keepers on Friday, March 17th at 6 p.m. here at Ivy for a workshop on intimacy with guest speaker, Pastor James Wilson Jr. This is a store-bought potluck event and registration is required. Email vowkeepers at ivybaptistchurch.org to RSVP. The Ivy Men's Ministry will get on the bus to visit the National Museum of African American History in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, April 22nd at 6 a.m. The cost is $40 to include a seat on the bus and a light breakfast. You can make payments on Ivy app and Cash app. Contact Minister Sean Potter or Brother Tony Skinner for more information.
Join us each Friday at noon for corporate prayer on Zoom during our 40 Days of Kingdom. Meeting ID is 757-244-5004, or you can dial in to 312-626-6799. There will be Bible study this week. Join us this Wednesday, March 8th, for a four-week series called Master Your Mind at 12 noon and 7 p.m. in person and on Zoom. The meeting ID is 757-244-0000. Parents and youth, free tutoring is available by appointment. Email christianed at ivybaptistchurch.org for more information. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Hello, Ivy family. Don't go back on your health and fitness goals. Join Shannon of Be More Fitness here at Ivy on the first, second, and third Saturdays of the month at 7.30 a.m. Register on our website. $5 fee for each session. See Shannon for more details. Centera Mobile Van will be in the Ivy parking lot second and fourth Tuesday of every month from 2 to 6 p.m. Physicals, general testing, vaccination, and more will be given. Next Sunday, March 12th, we will be celebrating Pastor and Lady Swan's 17th pastoral anniversary. Come ready to show them love. Our community outreach ministry will be supporting the homeless community at a port site in March. We are collecting a variety of items to help them with basic needs. The list is available on our website and in our foyers. Please donate your items by Sunday, March 12th. Our power prayer will be Saturday, March 18th at 8 a.m. Come out to pray for our families, communities, and nation. Join Vowel Keepers on Friday, March 17th at 6 p.m. here at Ivy for a workshop on intimacy with guest speaker, Pastor James Wilson, Jr. This is a store-bought potluck event and registration is required. Email vowelkeepers at ivybaptistchurch.org to RSVP. The Ivy Men's Ministry will get on the bus to visit the National Museum of African American History in Washington, D.C., 
on Saturday, April 22nd at 6 a.m. The cost is $40 to include a seat on the bus and a light breakfast. You can make payments on Avi app and Cash app. Contact Minister Sean Potter or Brother Tony Skinner for more information. Join us each Friday at noon for corporate prayer on Zoom during our 40 Days of Kingdom. Meeting ID is 757-244-5004 or you can dial in to 312-626-6799. There will be Bible study this week. Join us this Wednesday, March 8th for a four-week series called Master Your Mind at 12 noon and 7 p.m. in person and on Zoom. The meeting ID is 757-244-0000. Parents and youth, free tutoring is available by appointment. Email christianed at ivybaptistchurch.org for more information. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Hello, Ivy family. Don't go back on your health and fitness goals. Join Shannon of Be More Fitness here at Ivy on the first, second, and third Saturdays of the month at 7.30 a.m. Register on our website. $5 fee for each session. See Shannon for more details. Centera Mobile Van will be in the Ivy parking lot second and fourth Tuesday of every month from 2 to 6 p.m. Physicals, general testing, vaccination, and more will be given. Next Sunday, March 12th, we will be celebrating Pastor and Lady Swan's 17th pastoral anniversary. Come ready to show them love. Our community outreach ministry will be supporting the homeless community at a port site in March. We are collecting a variety of items to help them with basic needs. The list is available on our website and in our foyers. Please donate your items by Sunday, March 12th. Our power prayer will be Saturday, March 18th at 8 a.m. Come out to pray for our families, communities, and nation.